Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm Eve Eurydice. I am an artist and writer from the island of Lesbos. Um, I have written books with Scribner, Virago Press about uh, female sexuality. I used to write the Sex Files column um, and my multimedia art practice is also on the theme of uh, women's bodies and their objectification, their subjectivity, um, the duality that we've inherited from our parents and culture and patriarchy um, that separates the body from the mind, from logos, from the things that we value. And my effort to bring them back together and unite them and find the place where the body doesn't come with shame is what has created this podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your Joel Radio sex whisperer. <laughs> That's a great tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, today's guest is Alex Nunez. She's a fellow artist, woman, DJ, podcaster, photographer, and was my next door studio neighbor for some years at Fountainhead. So I'm excited to have you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Always happy to keep it in the Jolt family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Alex, I want to hear from you a little bit about your uh, journey as both as a woman and as an as an artist you know where does your body your gender your um you know fam power or 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 lack come into um you know your your work and your thinking and your life choices and where are you at right now wildly loaded question <laughs> yes <laughs> like attack Please. one angle of yes. it at a time loaded immediately <laughs> when you were speaking i thought of uh, mixed media collage work that i do of actually incorporating the female body uh, throughout advertising vintage advertisements just um, exploring the male gaze and how that affected i started studying uh, graphic design and communications and advertising for my undergrad and so oh, i just wow. started exploring how the media looks at the body how we look at the media and how we're so like in this cycle so i kind of like chop and mix what i've been seeing and add my element of glitter pom-poms coffee tequila whatever yes you do what have you (laughs) and then as far as um i guess like how how do i even tackle the other element of that being a female artist painter i i have a kind of gender neutral name so that's you kind do. of an uh, interesting dynamic on how people are receptive to the work if they don't know me or how they approach like, oh, this is XYZ's work, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in that sense, it's been interesting to see how people react to that. Um, I think it's an interesting dynamic being a female artist, especially like putting the vulnerability of your work. I'm not physically represented in my work. There's no photos of me, but you're physically putting yourself out there with like, studio visits or like having people come by it's so personal that mm-hmm. it's it's kind of wild to it's like a therapy session so it's like you're not only physically vulnerable but you know actively vulnerable within the community and exploring the vulnerability of <clears throat> of the female body within the work mm-hmm. so yeah it's 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 a kind of like creative striptease mm-hmm. that you do when you know when you open up your studio and then 
you know, people walking. I always compare it to um, kind of like the zoo, like you mm-hmm. pass by cages mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be like, this is our little natural mm-hmm. fake mm-hmm. little environment. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, it, it's always just such a weird dynamic of a thing. I mean, it, I've been doing this for so many years and I never get used to that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I was at the Art Center on Lincoln Road for seven years. That's a little more difficult because they have transparent walls. Right. That's, yeah. Everybody, that was the deal. You mm-hmm. know, you got a great break in, in rent, but it was all glass. Mm-hmm. And people walked through at all times. And I would get guys, in, I had a studio that was right across from a staircase, and there would be like guys above on the balcony, guys sitting on the steps. And you start wondering, uh, you know, speaking of the male gaze, how much of this is about the work? How much of it is about me? And, sh- you know, I became aware of what I'm wearing. Um, am I wearing underwear? Because, <laughs> like, at the time I wasn't. And I thought, okay, I'm going to start wearing panties <laughs> and I'm going to, like, dress um, more, m- more like, gender. Uh, See, I wear, free, like, the Dickies like jumpsuit. Right. Jumpsuit. But I was making right. fun of, I was just talking with another female artist about there's this Instagram series on uh, Netflix on, like, fa- Insta Famous. And they were talking about, I think they're called the Kaplan twins. And they're, like, twin painters that dress, like, sexy overalls <laughs> and, like, they're sisters, so the sexy dynamic really grosses me out because, like, I have a sister and I wouldn't pose or do Are half they of that. Sisters, y- yes. Wow. So it's like super sexy painters, super sexy, and like I'm like, porn. like, I was joking with this porn. other artist. I'm like, what the hell am I wearing? Because I'm wearing, you know, th- th- my time lapses aren't as interesting. But it's just like, do you have a twin sister? No, I have a oh, okay. younger sister that I'm always with, but I just mm. would never pose with her in a sexual manner. I just find that really a weird kind of fantasy of of sisters i just find that i don't know that's not well yeah it's like doubly objectifying Mm -hmm. and you know you take that relationship that's like so intimate it's way beyond words and you turn it into you know a spectacle for the again you know to turn on the guys and in exchange you get feedback yeah and so that's why it's like a very strange yeah strange dynamic for like your studio process and like filming yourself because i do time lapses in the video but like you're saying i'm dressing really like right that's what i learned yeah Yeah. and and i've learned (laughs) which i don't do naturally like i like the body to be as free you know and and naked and uh, you know visible and uh, acceptable Mm -hmm. but yeah exactly but then you start wondering like will that person ever buy a piece of work or are they just like hanging out there I think it's like, I, as long as I've been practicing, I'm always in very industrial areas and usually working really late at night. So, like, it doesn't do me any good to no. show anything no. off. No, And, no. I mean, unless you're, like, just doing it for your little selfie stick and then, like, you paint a fake painting. But, like, wow. I, I don't know. It, it That kind yeah, of... I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I didn't know it either. I mean, the work... Uh, that's a, that's a whole different concept, but I mean, it's just like it was kind of funny. And then there's, and then I got into this like k hole of looking at other um, kind of process based Instagram of like artists in studio, and they're like blow dried hair, and like <laughs> like there's no paint on the clothes. I'm like, this is not accurate. Like Mm-mm. I don't. Well, maybe I'm not like I should have the Beyonce fan when I'm, when I'm doing mm-hmm. my time lapse paintings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my my Instagram doesn't look anything like that, unfortunately. But I'm yeah. like in the lower numbers, so that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah, well, your Instagram is about the work, oh. not the likes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, I didn't get enough <laughs> approval. <laughs> Wild. So, yeah, I've been in Miami. I'm, I met you, um, my first Miami studio, fresh out of New York, from 
like nine years in New York and this Fountainhead. I came in like 2016. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with your work. Mm-hmm. Um, Likewise. We were across the hall from yeah. each other. Yeah. And then we were in some uh, Catherine Mike Sells, uh women's show together. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly do like. I'm, a, I'm woman hear me I'm roar. woman hear me roar. I like that. Time. Yeah. And I fell in love with your embroidery work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm such a hyper fan. But um, yeah, that work. Uh, that show specifically, um, I do a lot of b- embellished like 1970s, 1980s uh, vinyl album covers, um, mainly with women, women looking at the camera in different suggestive poses, some with clothing, some not. And it's kind of just like activating these older images, but they're completely fresh. Feminist and place, like, yeah. yeah, and since these images are recycled and fashion often copies it, like people don't know how like these are, how current like current the history of current fashion is right. just so recycled but yeah it's all recycled yeah but we forget and we start over <laughs> <laughs> you know it's really all being done so it, yeah yeah and you know it behooves us to take a few years and study first well that's yeah. what makes it so interesting as an image maker that i mean that idea that it's always been done because i'm sure people go in your studio and they're like have you heard of xyz this reminds me of that mm-hmm. so like even with that in the back of your head like there is chance to make new new and exciting things but be conscious of the source that you know right and yeah. that's that's like a well, sad I, mean, I i always say you know i claim it that you know i i saw an exhibit by gadamer and i was like no way no way no way you know and it actually, I lost a lot of buyers and collectors and, and galleries when I switched to the stitch, because I used to paint mm-hmm. um, or, or do, you know, graphite charcoal, big drawings. So, um, but, you know, I had grown up with that. You know, I did it like on the porch with my mom and my grandma and my aunts, and I was a little girl. So the emotional power, you know, on me of that work and, and what it meant politically, you know, as a woman, um, to like take the dowry, <laughs> you know, that was in the trunk that's supposed to come with me on my wedding <laughs> to the husband's household, and put it out. You know, it's such a, it's such a, an exhibitionist, ex- vulnerable, you know, intense place to be. Um, that it, it just, you know, it changed everything. It was like a high for me. Yeah, and then also the stitch is very meditative. You know, like stitch your way through time. So um, that was like a totally different experience of, of practicing art. So yeah, and I've stuck with it. Because um, like you, I have an illustrative, you know, a- aspect to the work. Mm-hmm. So it just, that makes it, the stitch makes it just a touch more um, 3D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I, yeah, yeah, I use a, a lot of, uh, I, with my mixed media paper works, like a lot of collage of magazines and things like that and so it's it's a nice hand I do that with like I would compare it to like my chalk pastel stuff that's super um visceral and really quick and it, it, mm-hmm. it's just like more tactile tactile experience I think mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it allows you to play with all these issues you know of like how we're taught to see and and you know the the definitions were given as a given um you know when we like become part of the world early on <laughs> <laughs> so where were we so, so where sad. did i where was i in that four-part question i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well well you haven't told me anything personal at all oh no no <laughs> no we're just doing the cv right now yeah a, um but i am originally from miami um my mm. father's cuban my mom's american um 
uh, born, raised, and then left out, out of high school. And then now I'm here and uh, practicing artist mm-hmm. <laughs> over in Little Haiti and Deering. So that's the CV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can we can jump on personal. I don't know how personal <laughs> you want to get. I want to get this personal as you as you. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm ready for it. I was a little <laughs> nervous because I was like, I agreed to the show, and then I'm like, hold on, what is she gonna ask? Like, <laughs> any demos? <laughs> I don't know. No. Yeah, that would be good for the video part. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. More likes. So, well, let's start with Miami, which is kind of like an interesting choice for it for a woman artist to come back to, because I feel like it's a very male town, right? And a very sexualized from the point of view of the male town. I felt that way about New York, too. Yeah. I mean, if you're New a male York painter, too. I felt it was like the scene. Totally. For yeah. Yeah. Um, but Miami is like, uh, I don't know, uh, next level. The, the the weather is conducive to the lack of clothing. Yeah. And then... Uh, and every, making out. Yeah, making out. It's like destination vacation spring mm-hmm. breaker. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, the side piece. It's not like your serious girl. It's the, the girl on the side because you only come... The people only... The snowbirds come here for December to February or what have you. And I don't know. It's, it's an interesting time to be here because I haven't been here since like, I want to say 2006, something like that. Like really been here. And the arts community is completely blown up. And I think there's a frustration with the local artists. And I heard you guys just speaking about it, about this. Like, you're coming in town. We're catering to the people that are out of town. They shit all over the town. And then they leave. Someone was comparing it to seagulls. And mm-hmm. and and I feel like there is a really great community that is resulting off of that kind of frustration. Like, people are banding together to try to make this a more annual thing and, you know, Continues, yeah, yeah continue. Exactly. Like I yeah. see new collectives forming, and right, exactly. the strength yeah. of the other communities, like like uh, Fountainhead Bakehouse Art mm-hmm. Center, mm-hmm. um, like programs like that can only grow and help the city. And I think, I mean, it's it's really different from New York in the sense that um, the gallery. I mean, it's just like there's no like cluster. You're driving everywhere, and you go to one thing, so it's like really hard, especially with the gentrification of like. What communities can we afford to be in? What communities are we being pushed to? So, like, between the displacement, the real estate boom, all of that, it's really difficult. I find it's really difficult to centralize yeah, I the agree. whole thing. I so, agree. And I think it's that's, like, very really difficult. the hardest so. part of the community is actually uh-huh. physically getting together. And uh-huh. um, that's what I've noticed, like, the biggest struggle I've been having with here. Uh-huh. Like, f- like, physically just driving. I relied, like, on mass transit and uh, bicycling around for... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And now I'm like screaming on the expressway. So. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I've um, made a decision, a conscious decision, to stay on the beach. And good for you. You know, Fountainhead yeah. was the only um, exception, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I loved it being in the tribe, in the community, but I just, you know, felt because I, I came as a kind of snowbird. You know, um, I bought a place. Actually, I like sold the book, took the advance, bought a place at the Decoplage because I had to get away from the winter in New York. And then when I became pregnant, I just didn't want to raise my daughter in the West Village year-round. Um, so I stayed longer and longer. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I love the energy of, of uh, Miami Beach and South Beach and, you know, the people and kind of like transient sense of uh, coming and going. All of that keeps me from being bored or feeling static. Um, but yeah, once the art center sold, um, all of those artists became homeless. 
um, you know, and there was a brief period where we were given a, lo a lot of free studios, you know, to promote areas. So, like, I would have uh, free studios in the design district for a number of years, and I would just, like, open it every second Saturday or whenever the art night was. Or I, I had a, I had a uh, schoolhouse before it was demolished. You know, it was, like, abandoned, and I got to work. I had the whole schoolhouse to myself. So, um, and in Wynwood, you know, I, I had spaces for free for a while before the full development, but all of that has dried out. So we just gotta, gotta find each other, you know, we gotta like do it. And I think that's good, it's more organic. Like we don't need an organized developer or, you know, promoter or even a non-prof that still has a board in mm -hmm. charge. You know, we can just do it on our no, own. No, really, it's just a cluster of artists. Yeah. I use those examples mainly as that they are collective communities that you can easily, f like, go and see, like, a group of artists. Right. But outside of that, there's other collectives that you can go to and visit. Right. Um, and I think uh, where Angel is now, the 777 yeah. building, is a great alternative space. Right. But this is all with real estate developers. And that right. has been a huge issue. As, as long as I've been outside of grad school, I've mm -hmm. had to pay for studios. And I've been, like, pushed out of pretty much, like, two places yeah. in Brooklyn. And there's a threat of leaving here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a constant conversation. And, yeah. like, short of buying something, I'm amazed to hear that they were giving you free space. That's really awesome. But yeah. it is that sense of impermanence that's really difficult to like for you to make work it's like how long am I going to be here yeah true true um again you know I mean it's a choice it's a choice we make I, I kind of like taking agency back so as much as it was you know super cozy to have like a, a reduced rent and be in the middle of Lincoln Road and have people you know I raised my kid there <laughs> But I do like having, you know, like having you here now. That's, you know, our conversation. Where mm -hmm. This is our, our own community, and the listeners are part of it, and there is no one else that's just us, you know, comes because we want to be here, and we want to talk to each other, and we want people to hear it. Uh, and there's something really beautiful, I think, authentic and organic. You know, nobody's making any money. Nobody's, like, there's nothing. We're not trying to get anybody to, like, buy our work or, <laughs> you know, like our photos or whatever. It's just real. We want people to hear and be part of it and, um, you know, and, and make, like, a bigger conversation. And I think you do that with your podcast, you know, The Sunday Painter, which is inspiring for me as a more recent podcaster. Um, because it comes from the same, you know, authentic place. It's uh, it's very, you know, uh, it's not like high tech media. It's I I think it's old media. Even oh, though it's like a mixtape. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty. It's, it's a pretty old. Tape. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just it, it feels so much more real. Like you can, you know, it's, it's like what we're doing. It's live. It's raw. We can go wherever we want it to go, right? And this is like our offering of truth. At the moment, where so much is like packaged and, you know, custom edited and, right, oh, and presented through all kinds of filters that, um, that make it very hard to know truth, you know, starting like from reality TV to all of, basically all of Instagram and the Facebook. Little sound bites <laughs> and conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe we're the last generation that had like actual phone conversations. That's <laughs> not a text-based kind of situation. Right. But I, I, I've totally like romanticized like the 
the kind of like a community that you can form doing yeah, these one-on-one -on -one things because me it's too. like you run into people at like openings or whatever and you're not necessarily having a full conversation or a bar other things come up it's busy but like mm -hmm. I mean I'm a total fan of obviously yeah, I mean, I'm going like on time yeah I'm going on like three years of doing the show and I'm constantly learning I'm never never bored never never I it's just it's just completely like an amazing way to grab music like what you've just sent me so basically the show is talking to people and splicing in um music that they're listening to in the studio but mainly it's just like talking to living Getting contemporary to artists yeah yeah uh -huh. like a conversation of like what we're doing Miami right creative yeah and that uh, demystifying that whole you know there's a painting on the wall what was that person's story what's their bio like these people are alive support mm -hmm. living artists mm -hmm. this is a living artist that you should mm -hmm. know about so. yeah yeah i agree i mean i find it at this moment revolutionary to do all kinds of things without being paid <laughs> because so much you know even like that whole concept of like being the influencer <gasps> i mean how how fake yeah uh, but you're still getting paid to hawk that tea. yeah you, <laughs> well, uh, i mean it's just all so fake you know and then we're in a moment where um, america has lost its understanding of truth because of you know the president and uh the 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 notion of fake news which has become completely accepted um you know and, and the prevalence of the internet has kind of made that m much more powerful because it's one thing to say fake news but everybody like respects whatever the new york times but it's another thing to say fake news and you have facebook and you have twitter and you have you know countless sources of opposite versions of the news so it becomes you know post uh, uh, you know, post-reality, basically. Even in real time when you see, like, the fact-checkers going right. across, be like, this is a lie right now. And you're just like, how is this? But it, it, it doesn't really matter to some people what truth is. And that's kind of, like, the, where we are right we've now. We've lost it because yeah. we've lost the assumption of trust. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I, do, I do find it that... Um, I mean, as a woman, I used to think it's revolutionary that I always, you know, charged for my writing and I, you know, I had all these like rules because women didn't get paid. Um, but now I think it's actually even more empowering to do things just purely out of the heart because so little of it is, is done this way, you know. So like I, I have like a book club at the Betsy and I have a writer's group uh, there and, you know, I have a COVID. <laughs> I have all kinds of things. We're bringing each other together because we want to be together um, in truth, right, in consciousness, um, which is what we're doing here right now. Well, I think you're maximizing your time. Like you're you're spending time with the people that mm -hmm. you want to springboard ideas off of. You care about them mm -hmm. creatively because I think you're you so exhausted with like these multi-channels that are like throwing this information at you. People you don't want to be with, like places you don't want to go, people you don't want to support that you want to like schedule like, all right, these two hours, I'm going to be with right. really important people that are right. going to like respect. just. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why it's like so important for, I mean, even bouncing ideas off of other women artists. And I do mm -hmm. include a lot of women, like I would say mm -hmm. it's a majority of my programming. And um, I just think like the perspectives are always different and it's cool to like meeting you in some, I would have never met you had you not been in Fountainhead. So I think there's definitely like paths cross for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like blessed to have like 
encounters because like uh, being uprooted and then trying to get thrown back in the community is something really difficult especially with artists because it's not like we see through practice yeah and you like see through bullshit so it's not like you're gonna want to just jump into i don't know i feel like the social uh circle is a little bit more difficult to yeah superficial trappings because you're on multiple aspects like you're looking through i don't know Mm -hmm. through various lenses it's Mm kind of your job to be like the to look deeper look yeah Mm. so it's you you can't mess around with that and i kind of like waited in and like i i don't know it was it wasn't easy like um, a majority of my artist friends were in new york so i was really scared about coming down here and it like i was just so impressed because like i really had you know no idea other than my snowbird timing coming back down here um like what was going on and Mm -hmm. whether that was like sustainable for my practice and and you know you know how it is being a lady. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I know that. <laughs> I think that may be one of those things I really have no clue about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might be a little fuzzy about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> there aren't many, but I think that's one. <laughs> oh my God. I remember I was a kid and our next door neighbor taught me how to be a lady. I was like maybe six. Um, and my mom would send me next door and she would make me make me have like 20 books on my head. Oh, God. And walk tippy-toe. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole time I was like sneaking and reading the book while I'm doing this, like so out of body. <laughs> like none of these lessons took. Oh, God. I yeah. did um, cotillion in Miami. Oh, yeah. Cotillion. Yes. I really ballroom never used any of those skills. At the surf club. Yeah. No, it no? was in the Coral Gables Country mm. Club and we mm. we had to wear white gloves and mm. leather bottom shoes and we like did the foxtrot, the Lindy right. ballroom dancing, which is like re- right. really essential for a, a 13 year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever used any of those skills and I have like yeah. the worst table etiquette. So I don't know. Did not. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. For yeah being a lady is really difficult, especially uh-huh. since I feel like I'm, I'm doing this whole, like the duality of like me in the jumpsuit versus me going to an opening. So it, like somebody was joking yesterday because I was just covered in like dust and wearing mm-hmm. my mechanic jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour later, I'm in like red lipstick and a dress. I'm like, ah. be like mm-hmm. you have to be completely like right. on both spectrums to kind of. I mean, I could just show up in my jumpsuit. I don't really think anybody cares anymore. <laughs> it's, but it's kind of like part of the whole yeah. machine of the, you know, going. Yeah. And, well, you wear the, you know, you in Rome, you do like the Romans, you know, you mm-hmm. just wear the appropriate costume so that it's not about you. That, yeah. That's my feeling, you know, like I, that's interesting. I dress because I don't want to bring attention to myself as, you know, mm-hmm. pretending to be the outsider. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's within you. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's nice to kind of respect the, 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 the look and, you know, the place where you enter. Yeah, um, I would have stood out. Yeah, <laughs> you would have totally stood out. Yeah, and it would. The end. That would have been the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you date? What do you do for? Oh God, um, love. <laughs> um, I, mm, I'm single. I'm mm-hmm. dating, and I'm not really enjoying that in Miami. I, mm. I feel like it's really difficult. I, I've tried apps. I've deleted. Oh, apps. you have tried I've, apps. Yeah, good, good. So, what like, do you think about? I mean, I've like the sense of tell me. I, th- it, I think they're a nightmare. I play them more like a video game. You know, mm. like going about. Mm. Um, but I really never. I don't know. I'm on them, but I don't really. I I think I use them more like if I'm really interested in somebody, 
you'll see who the connecting people are right, and then you can you'd go ask, on Facebook and look them up or, well no not like no? you see who a mutual friend is and then you'll, oh, you'll ask the mutual the friend okay. I feel like that's a better gauge okay. um, but for most part no I haven't been dating like I've just been holding myself up in the studio <laughs> that's uh-huh. that's been like my my days and nights have been there not specifically for uh, an end game of any kind but just like I've been really focused the last couple months but dating scene is difficult in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I guess in New York it's easier to like stumble downstairs and like run into people. Miami, you really have to go out of your way, you, the driving. And uh, I live like pretty far south, so it's, I don't know, the, the bar scene, I usually gravitate towards this area. And it's just, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not really into it. Interesting. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's like a fresh. But but you're not asexual at the moment. You're no. just kind of. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Floating lingering. around. Lingering. Yeah, lingering. <laughs> not asexual. No. I'm. I, I mean, I still. Yeah, I've j- I've been single for a while. I've dated, but like nobody serious and like, in a very wa- long so while. No one has caught your eye. No. Or kept it. No. No. Mm. <laughs> I wish I could now provide I have you to much make. Yeah, there, go for it. Let's, we'll do some moon conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish I could give you a better story or a better excuse. Or yeah, that's a good yeah, story. I like that the, story because it well, you know, it's real. You know, and it goes against like the grain of what's expected in Miami, where we're like you know jumping each other all the time. <laughs> um, but also, I think that it's a challenge for you know women who are aware, who are woke, who are feminist, whatever you want to, however you want to call it, you know, it is a challenge to to date successfully and still be you, you know, instead of like become someone else. Like you would date successfully if you could be absent, you know. Yeah, like be, and I don't change more for yourself bold, to whoever, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like. Play that part. When so I was younger, I feel like I was m- more I guess what patient with my time now I kind of mm. just I'm just like yeah. if I'm not feeling it it's I'm mm-hmm. not gonna stick around right so I feel like there's no you put up with a lot less true true I mean that is true that one of the many problems of the of the dating apps is that it's very time consuming because you need to actually make the time and show up and get to know this new person before you even have a sense of I don't want to do that <laughs> I don't want to do yeah. any of that I hate the yeah. whole first first date conversation Right, and it's all self-advertising. So mm-hmm. if you stay with it long enough, you'll find out actually maybe it was wishful thinking at best, you know, or else just like lying. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, you know, because wh- people try to kind of p- paint the best picture of themselves they can in their <laughs> way, <laughs> you know, and, and most of us are not very good at translating ourselves to a complete stranger, right? So we make an assumption about what this person understands and what language is shared that, often may be wrong <laughs> you know we may be talking completely foreign language <laughs> i find it really interesting the amount of fish pictures on <laughs> like oh for some God. reason in miami every man wants you to know that they can hold up a big fish next to them and that's like mm. one of the the top three photos that i always see in new york i guess it was like the the petting the drug tiger you know everybody, <laughs> everybody who went and like paid to do oh, that but ne- it's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about that i I don't think well, that would... Well, see, again, they're not translating to the woman. It's yeah. They're talking to other I men. I can provide. It's like, <laughs> dude, I'm a dude. Uh, John, do you do you have fish pictures? No, <laughs> I never have. Send a fish pic. <laughs> you, you don't catch the fish? <laughs> 
nice marlin or a tuna. Maybe like from the point of view of a of a heterodominant male. <laughs> I like, don't know. That's, hot. that's interesting because I'd never thought of it like catering. I guess it would be impressive to other men, but I really don't give a shit if you're holding women. up a fish. Right. Like what's the girl doing while you're sitting there fishing, waiting for a fish I mean, to bite? It's or... A little less repulsive than the like the gym kind of like lower angle oh. torso kind of oh. yeah. Like the I yeah, just mm. no, can't do it that. Mm-hmm. But I just the fish picks are really next level. Well also again, you know, like our relationship with the male body as an object of desire, you know, and lust <laughs> is very edited. <laughs> yeah. It's I, like the David, you know, Michelangelo, <laughs> which is puberty. Um and you know, but, but like extreme masculinity enters maybe more more fluently into gay space because they're more comfortable with that than with women, you know, because there's like a fine line between rapist physique, you know, painful physique, mm-hmm. like a body that would hurt you in bed, period, <laughs> um, and an attractive, you know, male physique. But I think that guys just don't try empathize enough to see how they, how we might perceive, you know, how like the women out there swiping or whatever would Throw a puppy in there. Oh, yeah. I'll swipe towards a puppy. I won't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I mainly include a female, in, in, and I think you do as well, um, the female body in my work. I mm-hmm. rarely, rarely use the man. I, mm-hmm. And I think that's even, I mean, within our culture. I, mm-hmm. A majority of the magazines are, are showing the female body. And now there's a shift towards, like, androgyny. So mm-hmm. a little bit of less of these, like, severe, mm-hmm. you know, chiseled forms that were, like, big guy, like, Marky Mark dude in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. going that way. I don't I don't know how I got off on the fish pick tangent. But um, I think well, catering, like... like of masculinity. And- yeah, and I think, like, I, as an artist, like, you kind of have to, like, hold down. Like, you can't... And I think it, like, builds up layers. Like, you don't really care what, like, catering to your audience. Like, you're doing your point of view. Like, I'm not going to – because if all of your work looked like every every person that walked up to it, what they wanted to see, it wouldn't be your work. So I feel like the same thing translates to dating. Like, I'm not going to bend or mold or change or shift, and that's probably why I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, like, I feel – What are you like, supposed to talk about at that first date besides – Oh, it's like your, your soundbite, yeah. Right, bragging. Yeah. yeah. And oh, devastating. And then, it's like, show me pictures, and then let's talk about your work, and then – and, and I, it, it's been – I feel really, like, a disconnect. With, it's like, like PR. Well, only, well, only you're supposed to be mating, yeah. but you're not really mating. You're doing PR of yourself with, like – each other yeah in an effort to to find you know reason to like seal the deal second naked. date yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or go out yeah i guess yeah and do the guys really want to get physical uh i mean i've done a couple app dates and i mean oh, that's all a just a couple like i the, the other ones that i've met up through were like oh. through friends of friends okay. but i've i think i've met like maybe two guys off of and both of them were total nightmare dates like mm. One of them was like looking at his phone and answered a call and was like, "Yeah, I'm bored. What are you up to?" And I'm like, "Okay, I'm leaving." This I, I yeah. So I kind of stay away from that. Yeah, but. that's like disrespect for the human. I left the human condition. It's, yeah, so fucking sad. <laughs> and then they, they texted me, "I'm sorry. Do you hate me?" Da da da. Oh, I just, oh I just wow. Blocked, blocked. I'm like. Hmm. No, I still love you. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> I don't hate you. The one that got I away. I loved you all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
tip to the men out there. Don't answer your phone during the first 15 minutes of meeting somebody. It's just like, hold it in. I don't care what the call is. Oh, my favorite part is that it was an ex of his that he said he was, he was in love with. And could we go meet up with her and her new boyfriend? And I'm like, what kind of date is this? Like, I don't. Yeah. People are, can be so unconscious. I think it know? was just like he needed like a warm body to go to something else with and it mm-hmm. just wasn't going to mm-hmm. be that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little, yeah. Little well, if, I have, if we have any advice to all of you guys and girls <laughs> out there, it's like take a moment and be conscious. Put your phone away. Yeah. Put your phone away. Be like in the moment. Um, Even friends of mine. Be aware of I've like, scolded where friends. I'm like, if we're having lunch, take it out. Put it away. Mm. Put it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think there's nothing like that's a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't know. I don't know how important your job is on social media or whatever you're doing. Like, I mean, you can take the time to learn, learn 10 minutes about somebody and then decide mm-hmm. that they suck. And then yeah. Your phone. Yeah. It's just good practice even like uh, to 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 um, not be tempted by distraction. You know, it's good for your work. It's good for you meditatively. It's good for, you know. Like finding your own self is to be able to, for whatever reason, put your phone, you know, away and just like commune with the moment. And 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 I think it gives people a voice that's their own, so they can speak up, you know, for themselves without um, kind of like repeating stuff they hear or talking about something that they see, you know, always kind of referring away from the self. But instead, find you know, take a moment to like speak truth. I think it's a good policy. Like you go to like museums or certain restaurants that don't let you use it. I'm like, thank God, I don't have to like back into somebody doing a selfie or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, especially yeah. with uh, engaging with work. You just notice people whether they come in your studio or openings. Like, are they looking at the work first, or they just like snap, snap, snap? So it's yeah, like, yeah, I find that very interesting actually because I remember, you know, once cell phones became prev until then. Until cell phones became much more prevalent as cameras, um, the early years at the art center, people would come in and there would be no photographing. And actually, people, if they had a camera, they would be like, "Is photography allowed?" You know. And I would be one of the few artists who would say yes, because like most would say no, as if people are going to photograph and then copy every single thing you do and become millionaires <laughs> of like your idea that doesn't pay the rent. <laughs> no, <laughs> but. Um, but, you know, they took much longer to engage, to, to talk about each piece, to ask questions, you know, about every piece. You know, With or without the stay phone? Before the phone. To stay, you know, there was like a zen, art, artsy zen energy that, that happened because we all were like, wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all kind of like wired by this energy. Um, and, and the phone mediates that. So it mitigates the experience because people have this sense that they can see more because they'll take photos and then theoretically you want to look at it home, later. Yeah, that never right? happens. But you take so many that you never take the time to actually go back and think about each photo. Come on. No. no. Eventually, like some years later, you delete them all because you need space in your memory <laughs> or something. And that's the end. So you've denied yourself the real time experience for the sake of like, future experience or or for the sake of like keeping the memory 
holding on to the, you know, to like that moment, but you haven't experienced the moment in for the sake of holding on to the moment, which eventually you are not going to hold on anyway. Because there are just too many fucking moments <laughs> to hold on to. Because like there is, there is no discrimination. You want to hold on to every single moment of everything you ever do. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going through right. something like an open studio, then it might be really difficult to... They like, take so many photos. And they well, walk in, take the photos, and go next to studio. I'm into, <laughs> like, if I want to remember an artist's name later, I'll take a picture of the wall text and then the picture of the work and go back. But I mean, like, as I, I've seen people, like, go around and take, like, the whole show. Everything, Just yeah. take a picture of everything in the show. Like everything are, but and they do not stop that's the thing you can take the pictures absolutely it's the but same like, thing stop, with like take a moment yeah enjoy it oh hi pepe <laughs> <laughs> our, our resident uh dog john's dog i think he wants to go out no he's just, mm. he's just showing off he, just wanted, <laughs> he wanted a sound bite yeah, yeah. yeah. he a sound bite <laughs> <laughs> um yeah anyway so that 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 is something you know Tellingly, we don't do that during sex. Well, most of us, you know, we we do it when we want sex. You know, like we'll take pictures of ourselves naked and send them to other people, trying to like entice extreme passion that's not that's like undeniable, and will transport the receiver of the sex beyond themselves. You know, and like in theory, either they'll whack off or like they'll get in the car and come over and fuck us, mm-hmm. sexting. But but um when we're actually having sex one-on-one, it's one of the few moments left in life where like, people don't stop and take pictures of it. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> I, I, don't I, want I hope I'm not have, around when that's the thing. Well, I don't want sex to have shame. I mean, my whole purpose of this is like to de-shame it, uh, but like by de-shaming it, it would be really sad. <laughs> If we like, I'm live podcasting. I know, <laughs> I know. This is like my sex Instagram <laughs> account. <laughs> you like, would get so many followers. You see? Thank God. I I think that's like the only area we haven't crept in socially. Because right. I think there's, there's censorship the bans. You'd have to whole new platform for that. I'm sure there's like live streaming sex monthly oh, fee yeah, subscription. Definitely, yeah. But like, there is definitely a voyeuristic tendency in real life now where we would rather watch it than live it mm, unconsciously. Even right? with relationships that you feel like you have like a relationship with someone you ha- you've uh, been infriended or whatever on Instagram and then you meet them in real life and you feel like you know them. You mm-hmm. don't know anything about oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you feel and, you know them. And that's freaked me out too because I've like, uh, put my parents' pets on my Instagram, and mm-hmm. somebody I met at a bar is like, "Oh, I follow you. I know." You. And they drop my parents' pets' name, and I'm like, "Shit, this is yeah. like that whole aspect yeah, me of too. like." I, I I run into people who know me exclusively from Instagram. Yeah, and I I mean it, it creeps me out, but I also participated in it because I'm posting all this stuff and I'm very mm-hmm. active in that. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's like that false sense of. Uh, a familiarity. I've had a couple of romances. The people who reached out to me on I've Instagram, some, who yeah. I didn't know and mm. met, and <laughs> you know, we had, um, which is okay. We, which is okay, so long as it like stays out of the camera. You know, I feel like so long as it stays out of the Instagram place. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I'm not shared. physically like I. I'm not really one to do the 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 sexy filter Instagram story like filling I'm, face I'm filter. So and so. Yeah. 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 I'm not really. <laughs> kissy, kissy. We it's, just met. My cameras usually turn the other way or whatever I'm looking mm-hmm. at and. I mean, I just—that's I, a whole. I don't know if it's like a generational thing, but I'm not. I'm not really on board with 
doing that on my own accord. I'm not, yeah, not, I'm not getting DMs for, for that kind of thing. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's not my bag. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like um, we're, I don't know, you're selling so much of like your practice and everything else. Like I like to keep um, at least like family stuff or even who I'm dating, that's never on there. That's mm-hmm. like, I feel like this is my, your magazine, your business card, like, I don't know. I don't feel like it's, the data is owned by so many people that like, I really don't have any desire for someone at a bar to know my parents' pet's name, who my boyfriend is, da 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 da. Yeah, no, I so, agree with you. So I, I like, there are, that. I do post a lot, but it's really, the personal stuff really isn't there. So yeah. like, yeah, me you, too. I don't post, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't think anyone really knows. I'm extremely private in my sex life, partly because, you know, fem- as a feminist, I just don't like being claimed. And that has, uh, in fact, ruined quite a few relationships because sooner or later, the partner will want it to be known, you know. And I don't, I don't want to be identified as his, whatever, girl, girlfriend, whatever it is. Um, so, partly because of that, for political reasons, because woman has always been the chattel, you know, of the man she is sleeping with or, or has to sleep with well, uh, and before that it's the father and then the father gets replaced by the husband or what I, uh, other male is closest to her um, to whom she belongs and you know until very recently women most of the world couldn't own property couldn't have a bank account you know all of that stuff so it's just so recent to me that I don't like I don't like that feeling at all so that's why I keep it private it's not out of sense of um, you know, uh, shame or discretion, because I really wouldn't care less. But it, in heteronormative relationships, I feel strongly that I don't want to, um, you know, be seen that way, because that's still how the world interprets it. You know, um, and 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 I and I think that that makes it the relationship or the se- the sex more sacred and more special, because it, it's it's in its own world that, you know, is not uh, vulnerable to gossip and attack and, you know, labels and diminishing, you know, by everybody who is, like, watching. So it gives it more of a chance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is hard, you know, to to keep a relationship alive and going today with all the distractions and all, like, you know, all the possibilities of new, new supply, you know, new, like, meat, new... uh, Fresh (laughs) meat. Yes. Miami's pretty... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's pretty easier. shameless about that too. It's just yeah. I mean you go down to happy hour in Brickell and it is very much next batch, next batch. Well we get a lot of good looking girls. Yes. Which is nice. I mean I appreciate looking at them, but we got a lot compared to like an average place. Yeah. Um and we got a lot of um narcissists too. Yeah. So and, and kind of like well of capitalists who are, are eager to, you know, mingle with the youth yeah so um and that's an interesting you know that's an another interesting thing i don't know if 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 we have time but i'm very interested in um the ex-soviet republics (laughs) (laughs) just bounce that in the last minute i know see how do you in the last minute (laughs) go but (laughs) i know (laughs) um because you you know I'm interested in it as, as as someone who's very attuned to like spiritual life, which is not the same necessarily as religious or Christian life, 
but spiritual life, right? And so what communism did, it's, it, it's, it made it illegal. You know, Marxism, Leninism, and, and the, the, the philosophy um, made it illegal to believe in God or a God. And then there were like two or three generations that basically only believed in materialism, right? As a socialist materialism. Um, which means materials, which means capital, which means capitalism. So the whole thing became one and the same. Uh, you know, um, so when so, you know, Soviet communism uh, broke up and the Soviet Union broke up and, and uh, you know, people were able to kind of like share our culture, um, I think they found themselves, you know, lacking that like uh, spiritual facility and habit so they embraced like commercialism and you know capitalism head on, almost like a f religion, almost like a faith. And again, I'm generalizing extremely. So this is not about like an indiv any individual, but at the cultural level, it's very instructive to me, you know, seeing how they they deal with their bodies and each other, you know, and the world. It's very instructive to me as a potential atheist. <laughs> a what? A poten I could be an atheist, but one of the reasons I'm not is precisely that, that I think oh, we potential need. potential atheist. Yes. <laughs> I like that. That's okay. <laughs> we, that the spiritual life, a, a spiritually enriched life, whatever name, you know, we give it, it could be anything, right, is actually a great counterbalance to, you know, the, the, the impoverished um you know, exchange of material energy solely as a way to be sexual or intimate or, or together with each other. That's yeah. interesting because I was talking with somebody yesterday about how that uh, plays a role in what you are as an artist playing into the capital machine and the hierarchy of where artists lie in, let's say, like even just with your income and like where where changing the conversation of art as um, not a luxury but a necessity yeah. and, a, you know, a culture indicator of where we are today. And they were talking about Cuba, how artists are, you know, the top bracket of, you know, the, the it's, it's kind of like the reverse pyramid of here of where artists are in that scale. And I, I just found it so interesting of, like, where you find, like, you, the commerce of your work, how does that play into that whole thing? Like, yeah. obviously, we want to make work because we have to make a living. But, like, where does that play for, like, the rest of society of, like, do I need a piece by you? Like, where, mm -hmm. how important is that? And it becomes, like, the, this measure of materiality of, like, who's in your collection and, like, mm -hmm. who are you giving your work to? So I just find, like, that whole trajectory of mm -hmm. thought is really interesting and and figuring out where you are not only spiritually but like within your practice so like can mm -hmm. you have a soulless practice your potential atheist no. you like it's just not <laughs> I mean, like I there's soul in spiritual practice. so it's like it's impossible exactly. to, and so it's really difficult because you there's that the duality of business person per versus i hate to say creative because creative encompasses like other for, I would just say artist, artist versus business person, and how that inter intersects when you're thinking about spirituality. Can you do that? Like, is that possible? Mm -hmm. Like, how mm -hmm. how do you have you know ethical ethical exchange? And mm -hmm. you know, like, there's been uh, what was the big thing of a 
Whitney, the Whitney Museum that they're protesting uh, Sackler, Sackler with the opioids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the Sackler. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, all of this the money, money comes from somewhere. Money and it's is like, immoral. I yeah, mean, money is amoral, which but, in real life translates into immoral. But it's difficult because it's a pos- position of privilege to say I'm not going to show my work in the Whitney because of this person. As an artist, you have to take opportunities to show your work, and and you know you don't necessarily get solicited from everybody. So it. I really don't know what the right answer is. It's obviously yeah, like protest the right these answer, things, but it's like but it's you trace most to... money is dirty. And it's like, yeah. how are you going to navigate that? If this, I don't know. Like right now, art is a great little tax haven for, you know, yeah. all of these. This... Yeah, it, and money laundering yeah. too. So that, that helps the, especially the top sellers. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm having yeah, souls yeah. people. But I feel but it, like for me, I never think of it in terms of selling it. It, You know, I think that most artists make art because they have to. And if we could do something else and make money, we would, but we literally can't. Um, those who can do, and you see how their art becomes commerce quickly. Um, and power to them, you know, but I'm just saying, I, I, I don't think that often it's a choice. Um, I see a lot of that I more do, here. The, I do the miss co- the, the collaboration, of patronage, you know, because in the old world, like in Greece, like in Cuba, you know, the artist and the writer are highly respected. They may they may not be wealthy, but like the people look up to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about with the, the right, societal. Like the, oh, he's an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a lot of status, even if there is no wealth. Right here, it neither exists because here wealth brings such status. You know, um, but but. Uh, th- you know, that's just like the American experiment because we come, people come from everywhere to make money. You know, it's the reason of America's like, it's the it's a bank of the world. You know, so we gather up here to like make more money than we would have made in our countries and and be a little more free. <laughs> um, but but I think that you know, for for the artist, the the true art has to be divorced from like the consciousness of whether or not it will ever be sold or collected or all that bullshit, you know? Um, and, and I think that most of the time, if it does get recognized, it's uh, by happenstance. It's like an accident, you know, uh, lack of the draw. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Like true romance, it's just, you know, um, the gods smile on you or whatever, wink, <laughs> and give you the good and the bad because it always comes together. Um, but, but again, you know, what we were saying in the beginning, I think that art, like, you know, sex, like other, you know, like spiritual practice uh, is one of those things that is separated from, like, um, making money. And, you know, and if, if it does, it's just because it, it does. Right, and then it become, and then it, that way it stays real, um, and you know that's that's why there is like patronage, and then the question is, do you get to pick and choose your patrons? <laughs> there's so many. And yeah, there's so <laughs> many. <laughs> so many suitors. Um, and yeah, no, you don't. You can't. You know, but you can speak truth and say, "Oh, I just realized that that's how he made his money, and we should at least be aware of it." But beyond that, you know, that's that's all we can do is just recognize that uh, you know those pills are made by that family. And that's the end, you know that's the extent of it. Is knowledge, you know, saying it and and sharing it. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, well, I think we've extended beyond our time, and we could keep going wow. and going. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if we talked about sex per se, but we talked about all things sexual. Oh, we can continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know what John thinks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel that, you know, the body's in the middle of all of this, you know, that and, and, and ignored, you know, that the body's in the middle of all these exchanges of money and time and likes and uh, importance and happiness, but we don't acknowledge it, you know, we treat it as if it's, it's not us, yeah, right? So... But it's right in the middle of it all, and it's really loaded. And the more aware we're of it, the more healthy we can be and 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 healed. Otherwise, it is the body that will take the refuge. You know, the the stress, the the pressure of all of this experience of daily life that we've talked about <laughs> for the past hour. So, like, liberate the body by acknowledging it and giving it a moment and respecting it and embracing it and, you know, like, touching it and, you know, um, nourishing it. Yeah. Self-care so. is important, especially, mm -hmm. like, reflective. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. al I'm alone sitting, sitting in silence, listening to music, just listening to myself. So That's, like, a huge part of the studio practice. I mean, mm -hmm. you're just... I don't, I don't know any other profession that you are just like that, like focused in, you've got X amount of time and you, you can use that to dedicate whatever your mind capacity can handle. And I, I think that if you're not in a healthy place, it's a really difficult profession to do because you're not hiding from yourself. And if you're, if you're physically, like I do pretty large scale works, like the, the, that takes a toll on the body after a while and you, you kind of have to listen to it. And my work kind of responds to um, how mm -hmm. much how much care am I take, taking of myself? Am I taking that time? And I think that's so crucial. And the work like definitely reflects that. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, do you agree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I think everybody out there, no matter what work they do, this is useful. It's good practice. It's good good advice. Um, okay. Well, um, we're gonna conclude, even though we could go on endlessly. And we'll pick up again next Friday. Thank you for coming, Alex. Thank you Nunes. for having me. Mm, my pleasure. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer. And we'll be back next Friday with Speak Sex. Ciao.